In a world where coaches are still the main characters, the players are now legally chasing the ultimate bag, and the game of basketball is always the top priority, there is only one brand you can trust to help you wade through all the madness. Hey, I'm Tate Frazier from One Shining Podcast, and you can join me twice a week as we navigate the always entertaining world of college basketball. Every Monday, The Ringer's Kyle Mann helps me make sense of the biggest stories from the weekend. And on Fridays, we talk to our many friends of the program. We're locked in on the best postseason in sports. Make sure you follow One Shining Podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everybody, man. This is uh, another episode of Off Guard. I'm your host, Austin Rivers, along with my co-host, Pasha Hagigi. We are back. It's been too long. I didn't know that All-Star break meant that we were also taking a break, too, but that's what we did. We're, we're All-Stars. Phones are taking a break. What the hell is going on? But you didn't take a break. You were all over TV still. You were doing your I was, thing. I was doing my best. I was trying. And that's all we could ask for, that's really. That's all you could ever ask for. <laughs> yeah. um, it's been a while. We haven't spoken since All-Star. Do you want to spend a little time on it? What, what's, what could be said that hasn't been said yet? Nothing. I mean, listen, people were dissatisfied with the All-Star game. People were dissatisfied with the way the game was played. Um, you really notice it when you go back and look at clips of previous All-Star games. It doesn't matter the skill level or what the guys are at. You, you're just looking at the competition. And then that All-Star game we just watched was probably the grossest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it was the nastiest game I've ever watched. So much, in fact, that after like five minutes of the game, I turned it off. Um, there's no way Carl Anthony Towns should be going for 15 in an All-Star game. <laughs> and that's your guy, but... And no, and no one talking about it. No one even cared because like it just it didn't even matter because right. it's like Ole defense. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you score 15 in an All-Star game, it's supposed to be like remarkable. Right. Well, people get excited about the deep threes, but when you're wide open, deep threes, not contested with no pressure. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of like, it's cool, whatever. With the exception of a couple of Damians that were behind half court. Yeah. I don't think people really understand how good basketball players in the NBA really are, let alone all-stars. Bro, I don't give a fuck how deep the shot is. Again, Damians were impressive, but if you're shooting with no one guarding you, bro, you're just like launching from it. We can launch from anywhere. It's an NBA shoot around. Yeah, it's like, it's a shoot around. You can launch the ball from anywhere. Yeah. I could pull up a foot inside the half court and just launch a couple. Yeah. Especially if I'm feeling good. Well, do you think the All-Star game also, it's now that we're shooting so many threes and it's all three-pointers, you know, they're, and they're not contested, the game turns into trash. But, you know, back in the day when the All-Star game was mostly people weren't shooting that many threes, it's hard to, you're going to contest the twos, right? And everyone's shooting twos, like in the 92 All-Star game, everyone's going for twos and not threes. You're going to guard each other kind of, right? I definitely think game style, playing style has a lot to do with it. You know, the, the game has changed a lot more three pointers now. So there's a little bit more like free space offense, a little, especially in the, I mean, 
Well, I mean, listen, we could come up with a million reasons, but that shit was ridiculous. It didn't matter if you shot a mid-range, drove to the basket. Scotty Barnes is like running down the fa- on a fast break, just launching wide open threes. I will never turn tune into that shit again unless we change something. Yeah. I don't know what Adam Silver can do, so I don't like to put this up to him. That's a kind of an unfair task to be like, Adam, fix the All-Star game. He's not the one playing. And you could clearly see that he was upset <clears throat> yeah. after the game. He was like, all right, East, you scored the most points. Like, and he well, goes, well, congratulations. Here's your trophy. You can see really like, this is a fucking fail. Right. And I know he was sitting there courtside or wherever he was watching this game. Like, He's got TV deals. He's got all these things. TV he's got, deals. He's he's got just... hundreds of millions pumping into this weekend. He's probably just like, what the fuck is this? Right. That was bad, bro. Uh, the ironic thing about it, I mean, this is the, the, the best, you know, comments I've heard on it so far is previous years where we've had these problems. Nothing like this year. This is the worst Olay defense we've ever had. Because even in the past, if you had Olay defense, at some point it would pick up just a little bit, especially in the third and fourth quarter you'd see. Yeah. I've never seen an all-star game from start to finish, no one give a fuck. That was nasty work. Um, so... You know, there's that, right? I saw an interview with Kobe Bryant saying, the funny thing about this is these guys play one-on-one before practice, after practice. These guys play pickup in the summer with no one watching. And they play hard. So it's like, why wouldn't you doing it for an All-Star game when you're working in front of the world with millions of people watching? And you don't have to go the whole game, nor do you have to go 100%. Like you go like 80%, 75%. Right. I'm not saying dive on the floor and act like it's, you know, uh, game seven of the playoffs, but there's a fine line between that and just like simply just not trying. Yeah. Like, what, what, what's, how is it impressive if no one cares? You know, Scott Van Pelt tweeted out, if y'all don't care, why should we? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's just like that. I, I don't want to see Anthony Edwards do a windmill when someone just like lets him go by. I, I can watch a million people do that. I can go to the Ball's Life Instagram right now and go see a whole bunch of dudes doing that same shit. Like, but just play hard. It doesn't have to be like... Do you do you blame... I saw some people blaming LeBron because, you know, Kobe Bryant would play a little more intense and it would be contagious when he was in All-Star games and you saw all the clips of him doing that, picking up Bron full court. You know what? Do man? you think... Should he have set the tone for the younger generation? I hate to blame LeBron. We're blaming LeBron for the bad dunk contest and no one wanting to do it. Now I'm like, oh, should we blame him for the All-Star game not being competitive? Well, listen, people blame LeBron for the dunk contest because he's the first great to not do it. That's just facts. Uh, it's the only blemish. I don't even like to call it a blemish because it is a dunk contest. Who really gives a fuck? But it would be the only like one of the little blemishes on his pretty much perfect resume would be why didn't you ever do the NBA dunk contest? It just it, the reason it bothers people too is it's out of respect for him. Honestly, it's like they're mad at him and they blame him. I saw uh, Stephen A. Smith talk about it and blame him the other day, and my thoughts were just like you know. There are there is some truth in that, but at the same time, like I'm not gonna blame one man for a bunch of other grown men making a decision. Yeah, like, what are we? Are you guys all followers? It's like, like it's crazy. It's like, what are we yeah. doing here? Like, yeah, like, because LeBron chose not to do dunk contest, we have to blame him for everyone else not doing it. Yeah. By the way, in the in the process of LeBron not doing the dunk contest, we've had plenty of stars do it. I've seen Paul George, Dwight do it. Howard, one, Blake Dwight Griffin Howard, won. Blake Griffin, uh, uh, John Wall when he was an All Star. Paul George did it. Donovan Mitchell did it. Uh, I mean, there's been many All Stars who also have done it. also the best All Star dunk contest we've ever seen. I would say it's the Levine Aaron Gordon one, and that was way after LeBron. So that's if it was really really good, the best well, it's ever are, been after those him. Those guys weren't sure, but it's if it's the best it's ever been, peak dunk contest, uh, way after LeBron didn't do it. How could you blame him now for it being not good? Yeah, that's a, just because it's gone bad. You can't just now pull out the LeBron card. Be like, it's LeBron's fault. Yeah. When like five years ago, we were talking about, man, we're getting some of the best dog contests we've ever seen. Maybe it could be people that didn't vote for Aaron Gordon to win one of those two. Now other people are like, why would I do it if I can't? If he's doing that and he can't win, why am I going to go out there and do it? Well, I think that the dunk contest also, from the creativity standpoint, has gotten to the point where guys are just like, I don't really know what I could do in there. Yeah. It's like, bro, like, I can't throw it off the glass and do it between the legs, 360. Like, I, that's just, like, some silly shit, man. Somebody's but to your there, point, if Zion does it or Anthony Edwards does that's, it? And that's why the stars doing it matter more than ever now because we've kind of run out of dunks. We got to, like, Mac McClung out there, like, tapping the ball up in the air and doing some creative shit. Got to give him respect for that. But, like, I personally, I kind of want to see the ballers do it. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of, like, not to say Max not a baller, man. I, I got a lot of respect for his story and what he's done in basketball in terms of, him continually trying to get in the NBA. He's been in the G League, put up numbers, just continually kind of just gets shot down. 
I think a dunk contest goes against him. I really do. Yeah. I think he gets a lot of attention for it. I think he gets fame for it. I think he gets deals. I saw him do like a Canes commercial the other day. It's fucking nuts. Mac McClung. I want you to think about this. Only in today's era could this ever happen. The guy doesn't play in the NBA and he's in the NBA dunk contest winning them back-to-back winner. But when you look at back the history of NBA back-to-back winners, it's like Dominique Wilkins, guys who have won multiple ones. I don't know. I think Michael's won two. Uh, Zach Levine. You got like Mac McClung. Jason Richardson. Like we're talking about like, like bona fide NBA players. Some of them superstars and icons. And then it's like Mac. Right. This guy's in the G League. So you got to tip your hat off to him. It's very impressive. But only in today's NBA could you do this. Like with the NIL deals in high school. And like you don't even have to be like, it's just kind of nutty to me. Um, and I give him respect. He went there and won it. But they have been the worst dunk contests we've ever seen. Not on his part. He's done his part. Yeah. Mac was amazing. But the dunk contest that he's been a part of this year and last year were only from worse to worse. It is bad. Um, and that a lot of that has to do with the people who are in it in terms of, you know, we're at a point now where there's been every dunk known to man has been in that dunk contest. So at this point, it would just mean more if we just saw like the stars do it. I don't need a tween the legs, 360 behind the back, whatever, whatever. If I have LeBron James throwing it off the glass, cocking it back, that's enough for me. Zion Williams doing a power dunk. You know, yeah. Anthony Edwards, John Morant showing his his leaping ability. That would mean a lot. You know what I mean? And that's a dunk contest we all want. Well, we talked about that too. We, you can go on Instagram and see some guys do the craziest dunks at an LA Fitness, things that you've never seen, but those guys can't, you know, probably make a left-handed layup. You know what I mean? But they're just these leapers, these crazy athletes. Yeah. I, and I, we once you've seen that so much on social media, I want to see just the best basketball players in the world and dunk, those that's guys. All I, that's all I care about. I yeah. want to see them compete. It's not even about the dunk. Yeah. You're going to see cool dunks anyway. I just want to see the best compete. That's what they used to do in, in, in the All-Star game, right? Yeah. You made a really good point over the week. You said, if this was happening in L.A., with all the stars that would be at that L.A. All-Star game, these guys would be playing harder, and they wouldn't, be, they wouldn't have put that, you know, that, that, that's that product a, that, out there. And that gets us to our second issue, right? Uh, we can't do this equal opportunity thing with this All-Star game. It can't be bouncing around to every city because some of these cities just simply don't garner enough attention and don't bring in the type of business that all-star weekend should be bringing in yeah whether it's to celebs whether it's just a simple fanfare um whether it's to other nba players coming to that weekend like i would have loved to go to all-star weekend and we could have done some pods with some all-stars which we should have went maybe but like the you know 10 degrees slush of snow and really nothing to fucking do in indianapolis because there's no i'm not trying to be disrespectful there's just nothing to do yeah that that it just can't happen. The Super Bowl wouldn't do it, so why are we? Okay, you know it's crazy too. Growing up, you know there was the All Star Game in you know in Salt Lake in the '90s and Salt Lake City. I didn't know as a kid growing up that they were probably miserable or the weather was bad. There was no social media. People weren't talking about the celebrities. They weren't talking about it. No one really talked about it. But I felt like because of social media and I follow a lot of people that were there, different influencers or athletes or people in media, and they were all complaining about how bad it was. When I watched it on TV, I was like, everyone there is miserable. And it was already kind of baked into my mind that everyone was having a bad time. And it just kind of puts a cloud over the whole weekend. I think that did have a part to play in the game. I really do. I think guys are so ready to get the hell out of there. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I promise you, if that game was in LA, if that game was in Los Angeles or Atlanta or Miami or New York, a fun city, Scottsdale, place where you're going to get a lot of mix of celebs, fanfare, entertainment, and let's not forget this last one, women. Regardless of which, the All-Star game should be in like seven cities and we should just rotate them. Forever on. Indianapolis should never get an All-Star game again. Cleveland should never get one. I love Orlando. But the market in terms oh, of man. the All-Star game, it shouldn't probably be here either. But we could maybe get it just due to our weather. Um, Miami. Atlanta. Houston. Dallas. Phoenix. New York. I said L.A. Really, like six, seven. So I went to. You could the, throw like a Toronto in there, maybe, but it's freezing. I well, I went to the 2000. I believe it was 13 All Star Game. It was in Houston, and there were a lot of celebrities. Everyone's gonna be there. Everyone was there. Everyone's gonna be there. Everyone's gonna go out. Everyone's and, gonna party. Everyone's gonna have after parties. Everyone's gonna do the thing. Guys are gonna play hard because you got a whole bunch of 
Got a whole bunch of little things. And this year it was like 50 Cent was courtside. And I love 50 Cent. He's, yeah, but he's it was just like, I, I, there wasn't a lot of the celebrities there. It looked like we paid 50 Cent to be there. Yeah. It just looked like the stars that we saw there, the NBA dragged them there. That's what it looked like. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. It just didn't feel good. It didn't look authentic. When you go back and look at some of these other all-star games in some of these cities, it's loaded. And the environment's there. And it creates like player, players compete a little bit. Like, bro, we just had this a couple years ago. The all-star game was competitive. Like, was it four or five years ago? We had a great all-star game. Guys were like competing, sliding their feet, defending. Game went down to the wire. They weren't playing 100%, but they were playing about 80, 90%. Pretty good to where like, if you're a fan watching on TV, you're like, yo, this is a hell of a ball game watching these guys compete. Seeing the best players in the world play the best pickup game in the world. That's well, I do what's like supposed the Elam to be. ending too, which, you know, if, if it's a, if the game's within striking distance, if it's close, and there's, a, there's a target score, I do think naturally guys are going to try to play hard, right? I think if you incentivize it, I think it helps. And I know people get irritated with that because all the players in the All-Star game are usually max players. They're already getting paid to be there because you do get paid if you make the All-Star game. But if you incentivize it even more, and more so if you incentivize the winner versus the loser, meaning if you make the All-Star game, you lo- I think they should lower what guys make in the All-Star game if you lose. And if you win, you get like much more. Like if each player got 200 grand for making the All-Star game, but if you win, you get a million, it would change. I don't give a damn how much money you have. $800,000 difference for one night to work? Motherfuckers just strap it up, bro. Yeah. That's free change. That could change a family's life. Not theirs. They're, they're already you know loaded. But that's $800,000 that you don't have to go in your, your, your bank or a million if you win and do something with. Like You could actually do a lot with that. So I think incentivizing it more. Get rid of the skills competition. Skills, skills comp has to go. Uh, no one cares. And by the way, the people who do the skills comp are usually like the least skilled players. I, I, I saw like five foremen. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's like, I don't even know who's in it. I don't, no one cares anyway. And the skills comp is garbage. We love, we love, we love the Stefan Sabrina thing. We that love, was the, it was the highlight so, of the weekend. So we love that. And we talked about this. I hope next year, if you give Reggie Miller and Ray Allen and some of these guys, some of these legends, Kyle Korver, whoever, give them a month to train, get ready for it. I would love to see like, Stefan, Reggie versus Ray Allen and Dame or Clay. Like, I would that would be see, must see TV. Who wouldn't want to watch? And I don't want to see them do the little horse game or them play like the like, two ball, yeah. the two ball where like they have to make a layup and then this person shoots from the free throw and then that person shoots from three point. And then they're both at half court launching and they're like, oh, we want, I want like an actual three point competition. I yeah. want to see, see Glenn Rice throw him up there and see what he still got. And we want to see him in the old school jerseys too. And I want to see him in the old school jerseys. Take me back. And I want all his damn, you know, remember Glenn Rice had the goddamn knee pads, leg pads. Motherfucker had a leap. He had a leg, he had a knee pad like this long. Yeah. I want to, I want to see Glenn Rice. I want to see Wesley Persons. You know, I don't know how the shape Craig Hodges is in, but I'd see if he could throw some up there. You know what I mean? I mean, we would that's what makes like the big three really it, cool. It would make it incredible. Right? Ray yeah. Allen. I mean, we have a lot of great shooters. Mark Pry- we, we have a lot of guys that you could throw in there and pair with some new pairings. If you did an old school player with a new school player, there's a team. We'll do like five teams, 10 players. I would love to see, I would love to see them in the old jerseys do it. What old players would you pick? You only pick five. Five. Oh, I mean, listen, if you get the Ray Allen looks like I'm sure he's ready well, to go Ray, tomorrow. Ray, Ray, Ray could hit a spot of three tonight if you, if you, if you left him open. Ray, Ray, Reggie, those are the first two, okay? I'll throw Corver in there. It'd be fun too. He's an exec now in the NBA. It'd be fun if you got out there. I'll throw Corver in there. Um, I mean, Steve Kerr, I know he's a coach, but I don't know if he's still shooting the pill like that. I'm, but we're giving, you, had, time to, we're giving in- you time to train. I know he's had a lot of injuries. Too. He had the spinal thing. I, I, like him, okay, so I know Steve Kerr. Yeah, him shooting like 50, it's not like 10 shots. I mean, you're out there moving. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if Steve would want to do that. Not yeah. that he, you know, I don't, and I don't know his health. Um, but that would be dope. If he was healthy to have Steve, Steve and Steph on the same team would be nuts. It'd break, right. it'd break the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm talking about. These are ideas. That's all-star. Keep the dunk contest. We just got to hope the best for better dunkers and better competition. You should have to play a minimum of games to be in the dunk contest. I'm just going to say that right now. This shit's got to end. You have to play at least, like, a certain amount of minutes per game. I'm not saying you have to be, like, a starter or anything like that. But, like, you have to play a certain amount of minutes, man. I don't, I don't want to see any of these other guys dunk anymore, bro. No one gives a fuck. Think about it. Matt McClung had some cool dunks. People are saying these dunk contests. Everyone's complaining about the dunk contest. Yeah. It's because we don't have any... Obi Toppin's brother was in it, bro. Like, I, again, nothing to Obi Toppin's brother. He might become an NBA player. And like and a he, good might player. Have, he might have had the dunk of the whole thing, too, and he didn't advance. It's like, I, I, want, I want more of Jalen Brown in there. 
even though his dunks were bad, he had a bad <laughs> dunk contest. First off, salute Jalen Brown for even getting in it, okay? Because yeah. we complain about stars not doing it, and here we have an all-star getting in the dunk contest. His dunks were really bad, but at least he tried. And then he came out the other day, and the media said, fuck, I'll try it again next year if you want. Yeah. At least he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, my God. Who's the big winner of All-Star Weekend? Sabrina. Sabrina was the biggest winner of the whole All-Star Weekend. My vote would be Tyrese Halliburton. I think he really embraced it, even though we were talking about how people were complaining about being in you know, Indianapolis. It was his place. He was like in all the events, smiling, doing, he did the between the legs off the backboard. He's, and always, the he's always smiling. He's always smiling in his little fits. His, he's always dressed like a goddamn inspector <laughs> or somebody who's fucking about to solve a crime or a riddle. I, 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 he looks like the greatest investi- investigator of all time. <laughs> I would say though he was the big winner. And he had that moment where he had, I think, five threes in 90 seconds or something crazy. I don't, I'm not, no. That, bro, it can't go back to those type of places. Cleveland, this, that. This shit's got to stop. Can't do it. Just leave it in the big cities. And I have nothing against those cities, man. Like, I really don't. I, I had fun playing in games in Cleveland and Indianapolis, and they have great fans. You know, Indiana's a Hooper state. I, I have no, Indianapolis is a Hooper state. I, I, a Hooper city. I have no problems with any of these things. I just don't think the all-star game should be there. Garner, you know, this is a winter sport. So kind of let's cater to that. You don't put the Super Bowl in Indianapolis. It's in fucking Vegas or Phoenix. And everyone goes, the whole world goes. But all of Los Angeles traveled to Vegas. It's a 30-minute flight. Put the All-Star game in Vegas and see what the fuck happens. Everyone's going. Everyone's going. And guess what? Them dudes is going to play a little harder. They're going to play a little harder. And especially after the backlash of this year, I actually can't wait for the All-Star game next year. Guys will purposely compete a little bit harder next year because this year was really bad. You had Larry Bird, a legend, go on the microphone before they play. Talking about, man, I really hope these guys just go out there and compete and just play a little hard like we used to. And they follow it up with the worst example of uh, competitive professionalism I've ever seen in my life. That was the worst fucking display of great talent I've ever seen. It was awful. It was literally the worst All-Star game in the history of All-Star games. It's what we just witnessed. Yeah. Which is kind of sad considering the talent in that All-Star game was nuts. The Western Conference All-Star team. The Western Conference All-Star team. Their entire team was Hall of Famers. Every single player in that team will make the Hall of Fame. It's just nutty to me that that's the product that we got. Sometimes things got to get really bad before it gets good again. That's my point. So we we kind of hit the lowest of the low this year. I think everybody's taking a step back and be like, yo, we got to change them about the All-Star game because... And you know what? Because there's been so much complaints, it really shows how important and how successful the All-Star game has been. You know what's crazy, man? After the All-Star game was over, they did the replay immediately after. I was like, you think this thing is coming back on? I'm going to watch that again. It was it was crazy. And then now all these clips are coming out of like 90s and even early 2000 All-Star games. So, by the way, I've never seen so many old school All-Star game and highlights. I love they're, it. They're unbelievable. The, especially the final minutes. They're, bro, the, when the East beat the West, like Vince Carter, and he's doing this, like, but they had pride that the East won. You had guys like pumping their jersey up to the crowd, yeah. like, yeah, East, man, we run this. <laughs> like on some like prideful shit. And now it's like, they don't give a damn. Guys trade teams left and right. There's no, there's no pride from East to West. There's no, there's nothing. Yeah. It's just like, it's just bad. So that's where we have to find ways to incentivize. And then also just like challenge these guys. I think guys should be called out before the All-Star game. We should call guys out. Like we should start doing that. Like next year. So what do you think about the one-on-one thing that everyone wants to talk about? Like they should bring that to the All-Star game. Do it in the game. Yeah. I want to see y'all go at it. I want to see a couple plays. Listen, we saw it in uh, the Rising Stars game um, 11 years ago. After, we still see clips of it every year. They remind us. Deion Waiters versus Tim Hardaway Jr. These guys aren't even fucking All-Star games. I mean, All-Star players. I'm sorry. And it wasn't even the all-star game. It was a rookie sophomore game, the most useless game in basketball. Who gives a fuck how good someone is in their first year in the NBA or second year? What the hell are they going to do in six years from now? That's what you want to know. Yeah. There's so many guys from my rookie sophomore game that like seven years later, while I'm still in the league and all of them, a lot of them are gone. I was like, it's the most wasteful game ever. That's why I love that they did that G League game. That, you made a really good point. I, I asked you, I said, why was the Rising Stars game so competitive? I mean, they were really after it. Victor was blocking shots at the end, trying to save the game and stuff like that before he got eliminated. And you made a good point. You said it was because they brought the G League guys. They in. brought in the G League guys. And those, those guys, guys or, why are they load managing? They were going after. They're, they're going to compete because they're trying to get in the league and they want to show something. So yeah. those guys are out there competing. So it forced the, 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 the NBA rookie 
sophomore stars, whatever you want to call them, freshman stars, whatever. You you force them to be like, all right, we got to compete a little bit because these yeah. guys are like out here fucking defending a little bit and actually playing hard. Like, we can't look stupid, guys. So you had like a decent game. Yeah. And then you had like Matherin coming up to Ivy like, man, you can't even guard me in an all-star game. Unbelievable. And Ivy looking at him like, he thought he was joking at first and he was dead ass serious. Yeah, he just repeated himself. He's like, what'd you say? He goes, I said, you can't even guard me in an all-star game. And then went and shot his free throws. Ivy was behind him the whole time like, <laughs> yo, what's going on? That was great though. Yeah. And it's nothing personal. It's well, no- they were drafted, I think, back to back, same position. So, yeah. But I'm saying there's nothing personal like said. Right. Might have been personal between them. But, but we got Milwaukee is in the 2027 All-Star game. The, no one's going to it. Yeah. No one will go. I'm nothing for the love for Milwaukee. I have family there. I'm not talking about Doc. I'm talking about my mom and my family are actually from Milwaukee. That's where they met. My mom and dad met at Marquette University. I have a lot of ties in Milwaukee in the great, in the great state of Wisconsin. But uh, that's not where I would host an All-Star game. Just from a business aspect, man. Yeah. This is not an equal opportunity league, nor is this an equal, equal opportunity world. Why are we making this an equal opportunity All-Star game? Let's do what's best for the league, for business. Let's bring in all the people. It, 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 it creates an environment, creates an atmosphere. It gets the players going and turned on to where they're out there hooping, playing a little bit harder. The after parties are better. The pre-events are better. Saturday's better. Friday's better. And you damn sure Sunday. The players aren't ready to... Bro, every single jet had that engine running on Sunday night to get the hell out of there so these guys can go on a quick vacation before they had to go back to work. Everybody went to Cabo for like two days. They got the hell out of that place. Why would you go freeze and like slush in Indianapolis and every restaurant closes at 9.30 and there's nothing to do? Like, what are we doing here? That should have been in Vegas. That should have been in a Los Angeles, a Miami, a New York. I'll, I'll throw a Chicago in there just due to the market. Um, you know, and I know New York and Chicago are cold, but the cities have so much stuff to do that you can kind of get past that. That's why I put Toronto in there possibly as well. The only thing is with customs and everything, it's kind of a pain in the ass getting in and out of there. But whatever. Let's do it in like fun, more metropolitan, big cities where we can like actually like kind of create environment and have a little bit of fun. Um, and then hopefully these guys play harder and yada, 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 yada. Are you concerned a little bit about the direction with the way like the NBA is going in the new generation? Because I was talking to Vooch over the All-Star break and he was telling me how, and you've said this before too, when you first got in the NBA, when you'd go on a road trip, you know, you say you, you would go out to dinner and explore the city with your teammates, best restaurant, you would find out what it was in that city, you know, and then you would have a good time and go out. And even Vooch told me now a lot of players, they just, you know, those got the new generation, they bring their own video games. They stay in the hotel, they Uber Eats, you know. And are you worried a lot, about- a lot, of, a lot of these dudes are a bunch of, you know, it, it, it's a different time. Yeah. Um, and you've seen both sides of it. You know, I, but I saw videos of like, you know, Mario and, and, and Tyrese Halliburton out in the club singing, you know, you should let me love you. Like they're having, they're having some good times. And uh, the kid, kid Caleb, I don't know his last name. He's, the, uh, he's in Stranger Things. Um, they had like videos of him like doing the swag surfing dance with Tyrese Maxey. Like there was things out, but they had to force it. That's why I'm saying these kids won't be in their room playing video games. If that, I promise you, put that all-star game in Phoenix, put that all-star game in Miami and tell me if those kids are going to be playing video games at 12 a.m. I promise you they're not. While we were on break, you were... You were on ESPN doing your thing, and you did a great job, by the way. And obviously, you found yourself in the headlines. You, you, every time you go out there for a week or so, you're just you're kind of just. I, I looked. You were like number four trending in America the other day, which I, I love it. But how do you compare that kind of publicity you get and all that media attention? You know, people saying either positive things, agreeing with you, or negative things. How do you compare that to when you were playing? The kind of backlash you would get. It's different because when you're playing, they're only going off of your performance. Something that like you kind of have you know, only a certain amount of control in. So like, you just don't care as much. It's different when people are reacting to your actual opinions and thoughts. Yeah. As a human being, I'm saying things and people are like, that's a whole different thing. So I've learned to not look at, like, for instance, as a player, I thought I caught myself looking more at like a comment or a DM or this, this and that. But in terms of my comments towards JJ or anything else, I didn't look at one response. I really didn't. I didn't even look if he responded. Because like, it's just exhausting. Because it's your it's your opinion. So if someone doesn't agree with your opinion, I can't be mad at you. It'd be one thing if you you, you watching my game or watching a game that I'm playing and be like, "Yo, you suck." I'm like, "No, I don't. I'm in the NBA. What are you talking about?" Yeah. 
it's different from someone be like, man, you're fucking wrong. Da, 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 da. It's my opinion, bro. Right. In regards to the whole JJ thing, I don't even want to harp on that too much. But like, I don't have any issues with JJ. I actually, I, like, no, you've made that very clear. You're like, you're my guy. That, and I made that clear. And of course, like, yeah, I threw some little jabs in there, but they're funny. What you, you weren't a catch and shoot guy, or you weren't a guy that dribbled, you were a catch. Bro, he's a great catch and shooter. And that's what he got paid to play in the NBA. That's what he did in college. He's one of the most iconic college players ever. McDonald's All American. He played a long NBA career, made good money, and was a good role player. I have nothing but respect for JJ. That doesn't, that goes without saying. This is comments that I felt were personal towards my father. I didn't feel a need to stick up for him. I just actually just didn't agree with his comments. If he said something to him about my father that I kind of agreed with, I'd be like, yo, Pop, you grown-ass man, you could respond or not respond. Just right. like people have said many things about my father in the last like six months and 12 months, past two years. Right. I've seen everyone throw their rocks at that glass house towards my dad. I haven't come out and be like, he's the second all-time African-American winning his coach and you guys let him. I don't even get on that type of energy. I let him fight his battles just like he lets me fight mine. But if I don't agree with what you're saying, I'm simply, I, I'm just going to say something. I just had to. It's like, bro, no accountability. It's just the, the comment was wild. He was very emotional when he was doing it. He was like yelling at the screen. And it was all-star break where nothing was really going on. So for him to just be kind of amped just like, up, just mad, going about mad about it, it's just like, what's going on? That's how I know it was personal. And then yeah. I also know the background of it. So I know it was personal. Yeah. And by the way, I never said any of the reasons why I think he did this. I like summed it up to, I don't know, it's because we didn't finish games with you sometimes. Like I, I made like little jabs. But like the, it was personal, or I felt it was at least. Or I know we know it was. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm not about to sit here and let this do, especially when I have a mic now. Yeah, and I can walk and chew gum too, JJ. So I, I'm I'm gonna go back and forth with you, but I'm always gonna keep it respectful because I have respect for JJ, and he's a colleague of mine, and I work with him at ESPN. Um, and that's part of it, man. That's what you see every day. You see Sh Shannon and. Skip. Oh, you're not the only person he's argued with this week. It's it, people were worried about him and Stephen A. Smith. Or do, do they secretly hate each other the way they were acting and Shannon Sharp with JJ? And you know, I think people need to understand when you ask for these debate shows where people are going to go after each other. That's it. This it's that's the way it's going to be. If, if I agreed, if I opinions. agreed with everything JJ said and Stephen A. Smith said, and, and and if I agreed with everything Perkins said, the show would be boring. Right. By the way, we sometimes actually do have different opinions about things. We are two different players just like Perk is, and just like these guys are. Stephen A. Smith, obviously, he's never bounced a basketball in his life, but he's covered sports for so long, and he's so good at it, that he has a certain level of valid validation that when he's talking about stuff, you'll hear it out. And because he's the most popular, most powerful person probably on TV in terms of ESPN goes, you know, you got to hear him out. You're not going to agree with everything he says. He's not going to agree with everything I say. I'm not going to agree with everything Perk says, just like, uh, it don't matter who it is. We've had um, Becky Hammond was on... You know, Jalen Brunson's not a 1A guy. People had a problem with that. But that was great TV. She came on there. She said in her opinion, it got a lot of attention, good or bad. And since then, a lot of people have agreed with that too, which I don't agree with. I think he could easily be. Well, people say his height because he's too small that he wouldn't be. That's, what, that's her point. She was like, I think he's an unbelievable player. I just think it's hard for that player of his size to will a team to a championship because I've never seen it done before. And the last time you've seen it done was like Isaiah Thomas with the Pistons. She's like, that was a whole different era of basketball. So she's like, I don't know if you can do that in today's game. I don't really know. Stephen Curry's like an inch or two taller. If that's really the difference between their games, he's led teams in championships. He's what, 6'3"? Right. Jalen's 6'1". I, I, so I don't, I don't really agree with it. But the point I'm being made is not everybody's going to agree with her point. Just like she's not going to agree with mine. Just like we're not going to agree with each other. It makes good TV. And that's what I said even in my comment. I was like, good business. T TFO uh, Lopez voice. Um because that's what it was. I mean, I, I had an interaction with JJ and it did exactly what ESPN wanted. I'm not the guy though that's going to say shit to get attention. I'll never be that. I'm not hungry for it like that. I'm not thirsty for it like that. And it devalues my opinions and my voice. I'll never go on TV and say nutty shit just for the sake of it. And when ESPN or when The Ringer or when anybody else is like, yo, why don't we talk about this? I won't do it unless I agree with it. I won't do that. Um, so I simply just didn't agree with JJ. And we had our little comment and didn't create anything he and jj actually said something the next day on tv he said you know i could talk about the pelicans and how they've been using zion and break it down as the primary ball handler but that would only get you know fifty thousand views on youtube but if i call out a coach it gets millions and millions of clicks and for that you know nick wright said something about that he said that's that you knew what you were getting into though jj that's that's the way these, this tv is that you people do like hot takes and opinions and things like that and that's that's what you're getting into and that's the point of you having your own podcast because that's where you can break down your, yeah. your your zion film and whoever's into it's into it but if you're on espn man and you got quick segments and you got 20 seconds of talk 
you know, I don't even know how effectively you can break down something like that, especially with non-basketball fans or people who are do know basketball, but not at the level of someone like me or JJ. Right. It's very hard to dumb that down in 20 seconds and actually explain. The average fan could watch the barbershop talk and it, say, who has a better chance to win the finals this year, Lakers or Warriors? They can dive neither, in. They neither, can, but that's, the, you know, a, it's They can dive like into it yeah. and they can get into it. They can talk about it and their friends can talk about it. And that's what sells and that's what does well and that's what resonates with people. Right. So yeah, unfortunately, that is just the way it is. You know, people can talk about, is that a problem? Like, bro, well, listen, we're not going to sit here and like, and guess what? There are going to be clips where we talk about good stuff and people do take it to it. I can speak to that. We had a whole clip on our show right here where we talked about as basketball changed and youth basketball. And back in the day, you had to earn a mixtape and now they play for a mixtape. We broke it down on, on why it's good, bad. And guess what? It went viral. People took people took to that. Right. And we've had great takes in here that haven't. And we always sit here like, why didn't that go viral? That was such a great take. Just no rhyme or reason. It just It's just timing. What's going on that day? Someone reading it and clicking it and, and someone else. It just, that's just, the, there's no rhyme or reason for the internet, right? So uh, it is, it's, listen, we're in a new age of basketball. Um, it's changing. You know what I mean? I've learned from history when I've seen other people not accept the game, when the league's changed in the past, they've been left behind. So whether you agree with it or not agree with it, the best thing to do is just hop on board and just see where the boat goes and just embrace it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could easily sit up here and be like, man, the game's too young. The NBA's too young. Look at all these players. Who are these guys? And look at the product. We're you're only alienating yourself from the league, man. Yeah. And then now as the league goes forward, you're just like left behind because you're the guy that's always talking trash behind it. And now like Adam Silver and these guys, like when it comes to like involving you in events or all-star, they're like, they're not going to do shit with you, man. The best thing I've always learned is if you love the game, just embrace it for what it is and what it isn't. And just kind of just take that journey on and just see what kind of happens with it. I I, I um I love the game too much to to walk away from it from a fan standpoint. Every talk show keeps saying who's the next face of the NBA after yeah, we're searching. LeBron, everyone keeps talking we're about We're talking it. about it. We talked about ESPN all week. And Tatum recently said, um, you know, I don't know, it's his for the taking. First off, let me say this. Whether you agree or don't agree, because I've seen a lot of people like Tim Legler came out. Well, right now, really quick. So over the All-Star break, I know they're grabbing, they're looking for headlines, looking for things to talk about. Tatum was in it for two different things. One, why couldn't he be the face of the NBA once Steph and KD and LeBron retire? But also, how come he's on the MVP talk? No one mentions Tatum in the MVP talk. So mm. I want to know your thoughts on that. Are we underrating him and his career and everything he's done? I don't think we're underrating him in his career. He's an All-Star every year. And every time we talk about brightest young stars, Tatum's always in the mix. Um, you have to win championships. That's just the bottom line. That's when you start getting that status of like the guy. Yeah. Right? Like if Minnesota won the championship this year, who would they herald as like the guy? Be Ant. Yeah. Phoenix wins, they're going to say something about Devin. Yeah, but Luka gets a lot more love and he's not, he hasn't won a title. It's very true. Yeah. So my thing with Tatum is this, and by the way, I'm going to say this, I have the, obviously I think he's an unbelievable player. You're, you're not the young guy, like you're not the Anthony Edwards Shea where everyone's like, that's the new, next face of the NBA. So we're not talking about you as the next up and coming thing, right? Tatum's not that guy. You're not, you know, obviously one of the older guys. You're in his, he's in his prime, right? Mm -hmm. You're well, you're in your prime, but you're not a top three guy in the NBA. That's 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 so why. no one talks about Tatum. And and you could almost say maybe not top five, right? Like, I mean, I'm just they're just keeping it honest here. Like, if you want to do the Jokic and Giannis, then you probably go Luca and Shea, right? Like those guys over him. Luca Shea, Luca Ant, Luca Book, Steph, Stephanie. Right. Ant. So like Tatum's in that range, but you know, you're not the next, the reason people aren't saying you're the next face of the NBA is you're not the Wemby or Anthony Edwards, not putting you there. And you're also in your prime right now and you're not a top three guy when, you know, LeBron, Steph, and KD, when they're in their prime, they're obviously They're top all the three. best. Yeah, they're right. all the top so three, yeah. I think he's just in this tricky kind of no man's land right now that a title could fix. You're right. Yes. And you add to the fact that his team is really good. So his numbers have kind of gone down, but for the benefit of the team. Right. So that's why this MVP conversation is happening because it's like, yo, how is the guy how is the best player on the best team? By far the best team. By far the best team. Yeah. They're up seven games on the second team. Yeah, it's not even close. And no one's going to catch him anyway. Yeah. How is the best player on the best team not considered in the MVP conversation? And then it's like, if we look, this kid's been to three conference finals. He's been to the finals a couple of times. Like, bro, this guy's success has been unbelievable. No, he hasn't won. Name another young player 
who's had his success. Right. Shea, all these other dudes, ain't none of with them had one it. of the most famous franchises. It's all, it's... It's all fitting with the Celtics. Yeah. So that's why people are like... How, what else can I do? That's why he's like, that's what his point of view. He's like, yo, I know everyone always talks about me not winning. Name another player at my age who's took his team to the fucking finals multiple times. Who's, and, and is at the point where if I don't make the finals, it's considered a bad year yeah. or conference finals. So is he, he's a victim of having a really good team. So Luka carrying teams, and even though they might lose in the first round or whatever happens. It makes happens, him more of a star. His number, bro, if you put Tatum on a bad team, man, he'd probably have 32. He'd be leading the league in scoring. And we'd be talking about him being, but he's on a really good team. So his numbers are a little bit depleted because he has a lot of good players around him. So that naturally helps. And like you said, he's never been the best player in the league, like the number one guy. So guys are like, you know, they're hesitant to even look at him as the face. That's why no one has ever talked about Tatum being the face of the NBA. Um, but he is one of them. If he wins the title this year. It, it would solidify him as one of the new faces that could be it. I still don't think you just put him as the face of the NBA, but, you know, he's up there. You know, I love his comments, by the way. I love Jason even saying this. I love him from a, from a competitive aspect. I love that a young player is like, yo, it's up for mine for the taking. Yeah. It also shows how much respect people have for LeBron and Steph and KD. Because like, that's where the question stems from. It's like, yo, once LeBron, all these guys get out, I want to be the face. Because these three have been, and Steph and LeBron mainly have been the two guys, right? LeBron and Steph have been the face of the NBA. KD's never been the face. He's just been a really good player, a very good player. And that's what those comments, and we can get into that. People not viewing him as a leader. Yeah. I think there's all different types of way of leading. Um, I was very caught off by that. People having a lot of negative talk about KD being a leader. Right. Um, it bothers me because there's so many different ways of leading. If you're looking for the louder way, like when he was on the Thunder, obviously it was Russell Westbrook was the louder guy. On the Warriors, Draymond Green. And then it was Steph's team. And Draymond Green's like the vocal leader. And so it wasn't, you know, Kevin Durant. And on the Nets, that just kind of all fell apart. I don't know. It's, it sounds like it was impossible to lead. They don't, I mean, it sounds like I don't know how you could have led when, situation. Remember, that was when the whole stuff with Kyrie was going down. And there was a lot. There was James a lot of, wanted out after, you know. A lot of, of, lot, of, lot of disapproval with Steve Nash. There, there was a lot of aspects of that that wasn't working, right? So I don't know if we could put that on KD. To your point, there's a traditional way of leading vocally. And then there's not, okay? Some people lead by example. When Kawhi Leonard... One with the Raptors, he wasn't in the locker room giving rah-rah speeches. That guy was leading by example. Yeah. When they're joking around before the game and and Powell went to go give him dap, and remember he looked at him and goes, and he pointed at him. Yeah. It even set the tone for Powell. Like, I got to lock in. It's a great point. It's just like, that motherfucker, he don't say much, but he's out there and he's serious and he hoops and these guys are hooping. He's just, you lead by example. If you guys don't think Kevin Durant's in the huddle saying some stuff, he's not a rah-rah guy. We know that. But we know he's vocal enough to say his opinion. He's on Twitter every day tweeting some shit or he's always saying something. He just came out with a rap song two days ago. The guy can talk and say stuff, which, by the way, wasn't that bad. He had some bars what in there, What was too. going on I there? Know, who wrote I would, that? Listen, if you wanted to come out with a little EP, something, a couple, four songs, <laughs> I would listen to KD. Those are great. It was, that was a great verse. That was really good. That was smooth. It wasn't it was, his first it, time. It, it wouldn't be his last. No, it wasn't his first. It wouldn't be his last. I, I wouldn't mind a little EP after that. No, I get, it was Two songs max. I don't need four songs. If you give me two songs, KD, I can I can tap in because that that little verse you had was pretty solid. Shout out to Kevin Durant. Um, but yeah, man, there's all different types of leading. And I know this is possible because the team that won last year doesn't have a vocal leader. Yeah. There's not. I know, I know that because I was there. Jokic is not a vocal leader. He barely even talks. You lead by example sometimes. Not yeah. every team has to have Draymond on it. Matter of fact, some teams don't want that. Patrick Beverly's a vocal leader. He's gone places. And some places are like, ah. You mentioned really quick, Jokic. I, I have to bring this up. What's going on with him and Luka, man? This love affair is something crazy. Jokic acts like he doesn't want to be anywhere at all, ever. And I've never seen the guy so happy. It, 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 it looks like a 13-year-old child playing in a field with a butterfly. <laughs> the way those guys are just running around. They're just, they both are doing it, though. They, I've never seen two men more happy hanging around each other. Well, it's like, if you're, you know... Like, Luca has to go back to Kyrie and Jokic has to go back to Jamal Murray. Are they probably thinking, like, dude, I'm you're smiling over Why there? Why don't Jamal's guy? over there, like, Why aren't you smiling? <laughs> and I, can, I see Jamal hanging around Volk. He's getting his anger out in the <laughs> UFC. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that, listen, you know what the unfortunate part about that is? If you're like Jamal Murray or even a Jamal Murray fan, you're probably like, man, because everyone's talking about it. Yeah. They see this chemistry naturally, they love each other, they're friends, they're foreign. They both think the same things are funny. They like mess around and like mess with each other. They're always talking shit about each other because they love each other. So people naturally are going to be like, 
these two are both two of the top five players in the NBA because Luca's top five. We just made that top five list. Luca's in that. Two of the top five players on the same team is nuts. You know what I mean? We haven't seen it since Kevin and Steph. So people are like, you know, what if? And they're foreign. And, and even though Steph and Katie are teammates, they were never cool like what we're seeing with this. They weren't running around playing each other, hitting each other's ears and hitting the ball it, and joking. It was a and, different kind of joking around that I'm not really used to seeing on the it's basketball. A little, it's a little foreign love. <laughs> it's, it's a little foreign love that we're not used to over here in America. But, uh, you know, we're seeing that. And I think everyone's wondering, like, what that would be like. And everybody's like, yo, his, his teammates Jamal Murray, man. This, this guy's a stud. They just won a championship together. Yeah. But you do start to think of that thought. You're like, man, Luca would, would, with him would be, they would be unbelievable. Defensively, they'd have some issues, but they would be must-see TV and would be great. You know, I don't know. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. This, this, you know, we talk about the leadership aspect and all these different things. I think there's multiple ways to lead. I saw Kawhi do it. I saw Jokic do it last year. You don't always have to be the vocal, loud, rah-rah guy. And I think it's a disservice and a discredit and a slap in the face to Kevin Durant, considering he's been in the NBA dominating since the moment he fucking stepped foot in the NBA to all the way now. We always talk about longevity. We only bring up LeBron. And I get it. And we'll even sometimes throw Steph in there. People don't understand my man is averaging 28 points per game. And he's 30-something. And know he had a worse is. injury than Steph and LeBron. And he tore his Achilles. He's torn multiple muscles, came back. Not even a sign of him slowing down, bro. He's a freak of nature himself, Kevin Durant. Not to mention he's the greatest scorer probably in the NBA history in terms of just, we've never seen anything like him. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's silly to think that that guy doesn't have a leadership aspect about him or if you don't think he leads by example, you're out of your fucking mind. No, he hasn't won a championship on his own. That's why everybody wants him to win one. But like, bro, come on, man. And if you want to go back to Tatum, Brian, Brian Windhorst made a really good point. He said this summer he could sign the biggest contract in NBA history. He will. They could win the title this year, and he could be on the Olympic team getting gold. This could be, Brian Windhorst said, the summer of Tatum. So he could get all those things that he— NBA championship, largest contract in history, and a gold medal. You're on pace to being—we talk about face of the league. You got to cool your signature shoe out with Jordan. Signature you're doing your thing. Yeah. What is it with Jordan sneakers? They all suck. I like those. I like Jason Tatum's shoes. Those I, are cool. They look those old Nikes with the two circles on. I, none of Jordan's signature shoes do. Uh, well, we gotta, man. We're gonna disagree on that. Are you kidding me? No, I like. I really like. I like Lucas did really well. A lot of people wear Lucas. Man, what? Man, get out of here, bro. Hold yeah. on, dog. No, 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 Nobody likes Jordan's signature line. Everybody likes his retro line, and we know that his retro is what keeps the. the, the I'm not light. trying to compare to the retro line. The retro line is what keeps the lights on. I know that, but I'm saying like, who the hell? The last Jordan sneaker that was fire was some of the early Mellow models. That's it, man. Did Russell Westbrook have a little moment man, there? No. Well, why not? Nope. Nobody wears those. I like the Tatum shoes. I don't know if they're selling. I like them, and I, I like Lucas. I know they're doing well. I don't. I've never heard of someone buying a pair of Lukes. There's a lot of young kids out there that are the fair players Luka. I've never seen it. I've never seen people buy Zions. If you were 10 and I've never you'd seen buy people a pair buy Tatums. And it's not because of them. If they had their own Nike sneaker, people would talk about it. Ask yourself this. Do people talk about Luka's sneaker more or do they talk about Devin's sneaker more? Devin's sneaker, the rollout's crazy. The videos, the it's everything It's because it's a doing. Nike sneaker and it's iconic and it's like, yo. It's like, wait, first off, Giannis, Giannis on a, like, I don't even want to attempt to say his last name. <laughs> Ante Canupo has <laughs> the best looking sneaker. His new sneaker, the way they made it look like a, um, what's the classic walking shoe, running shoe? Um, Cortez. They look like Cortez, some of them. Unbelievable shoe. Unbelievable shoe. Paul George's, Kevin Durant's. They're always synonymous with Hoopers wear Kevin's, they wear Paul George's, and they wear Kyrie's, man. This is what all the Hoopers wear. We know this, bro. And ever since LeBron went more low top and lighter, I think a lot of people were like those. And now guys. people are starting to jump on yeah. LeBron's way because no one ever wore LeBron's historically because they're. Well, you fucking... couldn't wear like those, those high top, big, bulky LeBron's. Well, you know, retro those and wear them they, with they, jeans. They look cool. Some yeah. of them look cool. Some of his retro shits are fire. But you couldn't really perform in them because they were kind of heavy. You know what I mean? And unless you're a bill like LeBron James, it just didn't really work. They're like walking around in Timberlands. Now shoes are a little bit low top. Everyone's hooping in those. Yeah. Again, another Nike player. With that, the emergence of Adidas happened. People are talking about Adidas is coming up right now. They are. Adidas yeah. is the way, first off, from a fashion standpoint and off the court apparel, it's not even in the same realm. Nike can't even sniff Adidas. We're, we're destroying them. 
We're getting all the collabs. We're getting all the designer collabs. I can, I can go on a long list, whether it's the Ronnie Figs, uh, Stella McCartney, Helmut Lang. It just keeps going. Uh, it did not go God, fear of God, yeah. Jer Jerry Lorenzo. We're we doing all that. And I, I mean, we're we dragging them, bro. And I know Nike's had their own collabs, hundreds of them. But in terms of fashion and style and like just the aesthetic of just like putting shit together, I know this because I am an Adidas guy and I'm an ambassador myself of the brand. There, we, we, we don't, nobody sees us. Now, from a basketball sneaker standpoint, Nike is still at the head front. But that's because of the players they have. They have LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Kyrie. They have a long, well, they had Kyrie. But they had a long list of guys. Um, so there's that. But we don't talk about, if Luca had a Nike sneaker, I promise you, it'd be 15 times as bigger. Or if you even had an Adidas sneaker. Look at James Harden's sneakers he's done the past couple of years. They are crush. And he's on the back end of his prime and his sneakers are doing better than they did when he was in his prime. Because they, they look good. His, Louis, his newest sneaker people are talking about. Sold out. I looked online this sold morning. Sold out already. Sold out. It's gone. Came out, sold out. And his last sneaker, sneaker, when it came out with like good colorways, gone. Sold out quick. Yeah. Like we have Adidas basketball player shoes selling out the first day they come out, man. That's not something that usually historically happened unless they were T-Max. You know what I mean? So like Jordan Brand, I, I don't see, I don't see the, them running off the shelves. You go to Jordan Brand right now, look for Pearl Lucas, I'll have in your size. <laughs> you want some Tatums? You want some Why Nots? Go get them. You want some Zion Williams? They'll be there right there on the shelf. It has nothing to do with them as a player. It has to do with how much investment in terms of marketing that I don't know what the Jordan brand signature series does with their, their athletes. I don't know. The last, I remember the mellow ones and twos are like iconic. It's some good commercials with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin when they had those Jordans. Yes. Yeah. yeah there yeah. were some good funny yeah. commercials. You know Everything I mean? Blake did, does is funny. So, so like that time that I would like them to get back to that, tap yeah. into that. Lucas should have a funny commercial or something like that with Jordan brand. They all look kind of heavy and similar too. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm not, again, I'm not the biggest fan of their signature line. I love retros. I mean, Jordan spoken like a true Adidas guy. Indeed. All right. So before I let you go and we wrap, this is this, Technically, it's not the second half of the season, but it's the last stretch of the season. Can you give me the number one storyline in the Eastern and Western Conference to look forward to in this last home stretch of the NBA season? Um, number one storyline in the West to look for is the future of Golden State and what's going to happen there. A lot of that's determined, I think, on the success of Klay Thompson and what he has in terms of what success he has. If he leaves, that's when, once the first domino falls, the rest start to fall. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a big decision people are talking about <clears throat> or not talking about. I don't know. Clay Thompson had his first game off the bench. He had 35. Last night he was one for nine. So it proves that the off the bench, it don't fucking matter, man. Okay? Get him back in the starting lineup. By the way, what the hell are y'all going to do with that? Seriously. I love Pudzinski. Come on, man. There's no way he's starting over Clay Thompson. No way. But they're winning. They're playing amazing. Ever since Draymond's came back, they've been playing really well. And I want to see that success in the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, whoever's guarding Pazinski and some of these guys, they're going to be so far in the fucking help. When that game slows down, Steph is going to be, it's going to be so hard for him to fucking breathe out there. If they do get to the playoffs, by the way, it's going to be hard. I don't see this long-term playing out for Clay. nor do I think he wants it. I think he's talking about embracing a role. He's doing all the things politically correct. Hey, I'm here for the team. If you don't think he's going to go into the market this summer where a team like Miami or someone's going to be like, yo, we'll pay you to be our starting shooting guard. If you don't think he's gone, then it's gone. You know, come back and sit behind Pazinski? No way, bro. Come on, bro. And I have another disrespect towards Pazinski, but there ain't no way if I'm Clay Thompson, I'm like, you know. Yeah. Again, I'm, I would do it in the moment because I'm trying to win. If Steve Kerr comes to me and I'm Clay Thompson, he's like, yo, we're going to start Pazinski. I'd be like, okay, coach, I got you, man. I'm here for you. I'm here for the team. Because that's what you got to do. It's, it's got to be about the team. But we're talking behind closed doors selfishly when you're talking to your agent and your team and you're like, yo, do you want to continue to back up this player or go be a starter? What you've always been and what you're going to be remembered as? Man, he's gone. And there's competitive teams that actually could use Clay. But you could put Clay on almost a, every competitive team and he starts. If you put Clay Thompson on the Lakers right now, he starts. You put, I put Reeves a point. Start him. Yeah. You put Clay in the Magic, starts. You put Clay in the Hawks, starts. You put Clay on the Knicks, starts. He'd be right next to Brunson. Starts. He starts on every team. The Knicks would go get him. Brunson, Thompson, OG, Randall, Mitchell. Great team. Got Hart and Divincenzo off the bench. Some hard-nosed energy guys. Uh, Burks, Bogdanovich, they're loaded. I'm not saying it fits. I'm just, I don't even know if they can afford him. Whatever. I'm just you're giving just, like, You're making a point. He, he fits on a Brooklyn, bunch of teams. Every yeah. team. I mentioned a, a, a while ago, now there have been reports Orlando would love a Orla veteran Milwaukee. and a shooter. 
You don't think Milwaukee would like to have Klay Thompson? Yeah. They're like back and forth between Beasley and who else? Connington, bro, is what we got over there. You don't think Klay Thompson go there and start tomorrow? He could start in almost every team in the league. Yeah. So everyone's always talking about how washed it is or how bad he is, but he could start at every team in the NBA tomorrow. Yeah. So you got to ask yourself, going into a free agency market with all this negativity with this team after everything you've done with them, and now you're sitting on the bench behind an average basket. I'm, I'm, again, bro, no, Pazinski's a good player, man, but for us to, come on, bro. Know, come on. It's calling him average is tough, guys. An average is an NBA player. Okay. I'm not saying he's an average player in hindsight. He's an NBA player. He's a pro. I'm, okay. like, I know nothing but, disres- uh, nothing but respect for him. I have no yeah. disrespect towards him. If we're comparing Pazinski to Klay Thompson, I'm, I'm going to go throw up somewhere in the corner. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, okay? So starting him over Klay might be the best for the team. Again, clay has been great. He's been hella professional. He's done exactly what you're supposed to do. You take that and you run with it and you do what you're supposed to do as a pro. Long-term and longevity as an individual, as a player, he, a guy who doesn't need another ring, he's won four. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> He'll throw those fingers quick. So at this point, it's like for him, he's like, what do I, why? I've, I've done this. I've, I've, I've won already. I've won four of them. I got the same amount as Braun. I'm good. I'm just going to go start for the Heat and see if I can maybe win another one somewhere else. Yeah. I'm going to go start for the Bucks. I'm going to go start for the Knicks. I'm going to go start for the Lakers. I've done my time. I'm going to have my jersey hung up in this Raptors. I'm good. I know I'm not Steph. Yeah. I might not get a statue. It's Steph's team. We all know that. They keep, every year, my name's in the trade talks. Every year, I'm getting dragged in the media. Every year, they're fucking with my minutes. And now they're starting a guy who this is his first year even playing in the NBA over me. Clay Thompson. You got to ask yourself at some point as an individual. I know behind he says all the right things in front of the camera and he's doing the right things. If you don't think he's behind the camera talking to his agent, like, yo, man, it's, it's time. I got to get out of here. Yeah. And once that domino falls, you start to ask, well, what are they going to do with Draymond? What are they going to do with this? And Draymond's locked in for some years, so it is what it is. But once he goes... Now it's easier for Dunleavy to be like, all right, let's see what Draymond's trade value is. And yeah. with this, that now we can start rebuilding the team around Steph, Kaminga, and now the team's going in a new direction. You wish you almost would have made these decisions a year ago so you'd still have pool. This guy's on the bench over here in D.C. Yeah, it's tough to even want pool right now. So if you're not starting for a team that has nine wins, then like, well, I don't know. That's my prediction for the, uh, for the, for, for the West. What's the storyline for the East? For the East? Can I give you mine really quick? I want to sure. know who's the Celtics are running away with it. I think it's a fight for a second. I want to know who's going to step up. The Knicks going through a lot of injuries, made some great trades, but no one's healthy. The Bucks, everyone knows about their struggles. It's been documented. That, that's my storyline. And then you got the Sixers, Joel out. The Cavs, so, so you're over, just- overachieving, but there's a cloud over the Donovan Mitchell stuff, obviously. So I don't know who's going to step up. Is it Miami? Are we just like delaying the inevitable where they're going to be the second uh, best I, team? I don't know if I see that this year. Um, but I will say this. I think the storyline is, everyone knows the storyline in the East is. What the hell's going on in Milwaukee and is it going to work out? Yeah. That's just the honest to God. Game not putting Giannis in his top five. It's just, it's just strange just because even from like a standpoint of you even lying and forcing it, just do it, man. Yeah. Like, like you know right from wrong. You know you should do it. You know, you know right when you said, bam, out of bio, it was like, brother. Because it's not like Giannis can't play the same position as bam. He's fucking, yeah. he's like seven, you know, like, like what are we doing here? Right. It just, I, it, their team's struggling. They're killing all of them. They're killing Doc. Every every time they lose, it's like another spear. You know, that's the storyline. Just how like in the first half when James was there and they're losing, everybody's like, uh-oh, what's the Clippers going to do? And the Clippers shut everybody up and turn it around or one of the best teams in the West. In fact, they're the only team, I think, right now that is capable of beating Denver. I mean, we saw Phoenix last night. They're still struggling to beat Dallas, like, they're not in the. They're not in that conver- you know conversation yet. Realistically, um, the Clippers are. For the East, what's going to happen with Milwaukee, man? Joel's down. Philly's gone. The Knicks are emerging, but they're in a race to get healthy. And it's questions around Julius Randle's shoulder and whether he'll be not only back in time, but if he doesn't have surgery, does it take one bump, one hit? He's a very physical player. The way he plays, he's constantly bumping. Constantly, and the OG stuff's been kind of a question mark. Too, yeah, if you don't know what's going on, OG. Like these guys are like having some surgeries needed. One of them already had it. The fact that a decision has not been made yet for Randall to have surgery or not is worrisome because we're the clock is ticking. Yeah, I'd rather have a clear cut choice: surgery, not surgery. At this point, the fact that they're wavering, what that's not good. Yeah. That means they don't know yet what to do with it, and they don't have a timetable yet for his return. He's like joking April first. They don't know. That's a problem. 
Some people think they're better without Randall. So we'll see. I don't know. The, the back to the to the to the point. Bucks got to do better. They got to play better, right? Giannis, you got to be better. Dame has to be way better. Um, uh, Chris Middleton, man, got to fucking play some basketball, dog. He's got to get healthy and go play. He's hurt all the time. Yeah. And then when he has been, supposed to be a big three. People don't realize that was a big three before. Yeah. Like people are like constantly just overlooking that. Like Chris got to get his ass on the court, man. Gotta get, and I know a lot of that's out of his control. It's not like he's choosing to be hurt, guys. That's a good point. A lot of people are saying, you know, that you swapped out Drew for Dane. Why are things worse? Well, when Drew was there, Chris Middleton was an all-star. He's fucking prime. So you're, you're missing all-star level player. That's not really fair to Dane. Because Chris Middleton was huge for that team. Do you know how many times in the playoffs you just hit, take over games and hit big shots for Giannis? Because like, yeah. let's be honest, Giannis's game is a very tough game to live and die by in the playoffs sometimes because that game, the wrong matchup, and they shrink that floor versus a physical team, and suddenly Giannis is struggling to get to the basket. Yeah. It was perfect for Phoenix. He could dominate that series. Great matchup for him. They matched up with the Miami Heat a year later. Like Giannis is putting Bam and fucking Jimmy on him, and it's a little tough out there. You know what I mean? Like that's when Middleton would come in and start dropping some buckets. And Drew was doing it. Like they need that. Chris Middleton has to be on the floor, and he has to play like Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez. He's got to be better. Some some sort of a presence down low. He's got to be Brooke. Brooke was great for them. Verticality was great for that run they had. He did all the little things. Malik Beasley's been pretty solid for a role player this year. He's been pretty damn good. They're hurting. They, 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 listen, they lost Grayson Allen, and Grayson Allen has just been on a tear in Phoenix in terms of shooting. They're missing that. Uh, these guys like Pat Connaughton, these other guys, they have to play better, man. The, the team has to, Doc has to do better. They all have to do better. All of them have to do better. Yeah. Well, you know, Doc, like, obviously we all know he took the job in the middle of the season. Yeah, it's hard to do. Now that they've had this little break, Maybe it's giving them a little Listen, time to regroup. And- no one's questioning whether his job right now isn't hard. I mean, uh, uh, taking a job midseason is hard, let alone a team that's dysfunctional and a team that's having some issues chemistry-wise. That's you got the whole perfect storm there, right? And you only take a job midseason when that's going on because they don't make coach changes on a championship-caliber team unless it's drastic. Yeah. So this is a big deal here. With that being said, the roster that's put front, if, I, if, I, if I'm seeing these guys on a team, Bobby Portis is a guy who's just on the Olympic team, by the way. No one talks about him either. This guy was just playing on our goddamn FIBA team. I haven't heard about him all season. So, like, these guys got to be better. All of them. Bobby Portis is a good basketball player. Giannis is one of the best in the league. Dame is one of, notoriously one of our best point guards in the league. He just started over Jalen Brunson in the All-Star game. Chris Middleton's a fucking... By the way, people were mad that Dame started in the All-Star game, then he just went one MVP. Then he went MVP. He really quieted that thing down. That's and three-point contest. <laughs> yeah. Ran off with the plug twice. He had, you got personnel there that, that says championship contention. If you're asking me what this should shape out, if I had a crystal ball and I had to bet all my life savings on what should happen or what probably is going to happen, it should be the Clippers and Nuggets in the conference finals versus Boston and Milwaukee. And we'd be shaping up for an unbelievable finals of competitive basketball. Either way, whoever wins, whether it's Denver, whether it's the Clippers, if it was Clippers, Milwaukee, Clippers, Boston would be nuts. Uh, Boston, Denver would be a hell of a series. Boston Clippers would be a nutty series between the wing play and that. My God, if I'm watching Tatum and Brown versus Leonard and George and Drew guarding James and Derek and Dwight Powell, or uh, 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 Norman Powell going at it, like, that team just matchup wise is just haymaker for haymaker for haymaker. I mean, that would be a hell of a series. So that's what I'm looking for in the East is the big question mark. And that's what everyone's talking about now. What is Milwaukee going to do next year is when the time is when the clock, they twist the, you know, the little clock that twists. That's when that the clock, the pressure cooker starts next year. Yeah. Cause now it's like, all right, you had the whole half a season, whatever happens, we'll see what happens now. Summer, you got to go get the complete team. Um, they're going to have major staff changes. I mean, Doc doesn't have any of his guys there except Jaeger and a couple other guys. I'm sure he's going to want his fucking... If I'm going to do this, let me get my... Right. These aren't my people here. I didn't, I didn't hire any of these guys. So I'm sure that's going to happen. So there's going to be... More, that's another thing. You also know there's more changes to come. Unless they win. If they win, they might keep put. <laughs> I need to. That's my point. So there's a lot of uncertainty. That, that There's so much going on there in terms of mass, but like you got assistant coaches like, I don't know if I'm going to be, I don't know if I'm going to be here. Today. Like it's important positions, bro. These are the people that run the day to day. So you got to be bought in. You have to believe it has to be a team. And I don't know if there's there already because they just got rid of the coach. They just got Dame in there. Like there's a lot of like, do you know what I mean? They're 
Connington was on the trade market. They got rid of campaign. We just got there. He's already there. I, there's, there's a lot going on in terms of like uncertainty. So that's the biggest question mark is how Milwaukee does and what direction they go in in the future. Uh, we'll see. Well, that wraps us up for today. Uh, best time of the year is now for basketball fans. We're going to get to the meat and potatoes of the season where we're going to see all these teams have to make a run. Um, obviously, LeBron James rested you know, last night with some rest issues, but all these teams are going to put it into full gear here pretty soon and, you know, head for the, you know, head, head for the trophy. So we're going to start seeing people, teams, uh, jockey for a seating. And, you this, know, and you're going to so. see some teams early on who had success might fall off. Everyone's wondering what's going to happen with the Thunder. What's going to happen with Minnesota? Thunder last night, go get a big one. Go get a dub. Yeah. First Eclipse. Shea Alexander, my God. Just, just, just making guys just, that was nuts, man. Guys are just sliding all over the place. <laughs> Fucking Norman Powell still running. <laughs> that stop of the dime was just, Norman took 12 steps after. He almost <laughs> went in the stands to get popcorn. It was insane. And then he did an in and out cross and Paul George just almost hit the, uh, he almost hit like the nae bro. This shit was insane. I mean, he's must-see TV. Uh, I don't see OKC going anywhere. In fact, that team, I think, is only going to continue to thrive. Um, but yeah, we'll see, man. This is the best part of the season. Well, a lot more basketball content to come y'all's way. So we will see y'all next week. Everybody have a safe weekend. We are out. Oh, and by the way, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. The Off Guard Podcast. And also, you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple. Make sure to tap in as we do every single week. Y'all be safe and be easy.